This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Late Boomers, our podcast guide to creating your third act with style, power, and impact. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Join us as we bring you conversations with successful entrepreneurs, entertainers, and people with vision who are making a difference in the world. Everyone has a story, and we'll take you along for the ride on each interview, recounting the journey our guests have taken to get where they are, inspiring you to create your own path to success. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. Welcome to Late Boomers. Today, our special guest is Eileen Li-Ying Lundquist, formerly a lead engineer for a Fortune 500 company, and now author of the compelling novel, Wings of Silk, which has a five-star rating on Amazon. And I'm Mary Elkins, born and raised in China under the strict regime of Chairman Mao's Cultural Revolution. Eileen's story is one of overcoming adversity and learning to survive in the name of freedom and to flourish in a new land. Let's hear more about it from Eileen. Welcome, Eileen. Good to have you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Tell us about your family and growing up in China under Chairman Mao's regime and why you decided to flee. Both my parents originally from Hong Kong. My dad moved to China to join the, the um, um, revolution to build the new China movement. And therefore, my parents were the only people, or the only family moved to China. And was I was born in Beijing, China. Ah. Wow. And um, what's, the, what's the story of growing up there and what was it like? I had a really fun childhood. And just my parents and me, myself, my sister was still in Hong Kong at that time. She's about six years older than me. And um, until five years old, my parents were sent to a labored, um, labored movement because the culture revolution, they redeemed, they asked the educated intellects to go to work in the field, uh, claiming to redeem their, to became humble and um, to support Mao's vision. And what made you decide to flee then? Why did you leave? When I was at the end of the high school, the door finally opened to the West. And huh? I haven't seen my grandparents live in New York City. And I, all this time growing up, I was dreaming to meet with my grandmother I never seen before. And, um, my, all, my other relatives, like my aunt, my cousins, I never met before. That's one thing. And um, mainly, we were told that the freedom in the U.S. 
and the education opportunity is greater and is American dream that I had. Mm-hmm. Grew up, yeah. Well, what happened when you came to America? I came to America, wanted to reunite with my family that I never met. I had very high expectation to meet a grandmother in my mind that's really loving and caring. And also, I really wanted to get higher education. I want to uh, make a difference in this world. Mm-hmm. However, I came here. My grandmother looked at me. She didn't think that I can make it because I didn't speak any English. And she just doesn't think that I could go through college with that condition. And um, she wanted me to get married. And I refused. I rebelled. Mm-hmm. So what happened then? So she gave me an ultimation, either meet with the guys she set up for me to meet, which is businessmen have money, and then I don't need to worry about my life in New York City anymore. Or if I don't obey, get out of my house. And I choose to get out of her house. Oh, well, how did you survive if you didn't speak English? And how did you eat? Right. I was very fortunate. I met some distant relatives who helped me. And uh, one distant relative owned a garment factory and gave me a station to learn how to sew. By then, I never touched the sewing machine, let alone is the industrial level a sewing machine creating a rumbling loud voices every time I step on the paddle. It was so scary, and uh, but I learned, and I made my way through there like that. Wow. That's but great. I know you wanted to be a writer from the time you were a young girl. So tell us about that, and also tell us more about your book, Wings of Silk, and the importance of the title. Right. My my dad actually is a was a literate literature professor and also he's a writer. And I must have got the DNA from him. Mm-hmm. When I was five years old, I really wanted to write. I just want to write. I I just fascinated by telling stories and want to write. But then um my dad stared me away from it because there wasn't uh, freedom of speech in, under the environment. And um, he just said, there's no future for you to write. So then I listened to him and became an engineer. After many years living here and the burning desire to write finally came out after I um, quit my job um, for the family. My my children was in need of me, suffering some health issues and all that. And mm-hmm. um, I have a friend who encouraged me to write about my story, and that finally came to my childhood wish came to fruition. 
with the book. Yeah. And tell us about the importance of that title, Wings of Silk. Right. It took us a long time to decide the title, but then we finally decide Wings of Silk. Silk symbolizes strong and delicate and also um, elegant too. And Mm -hmm. Wings of Silk is like the freedom flying and flying out to look to the freedom, to, to the best version of myself. That's beautiful. Nice. Yeah. Um, would you talk about the aspects of Chinese culture that you no longer carry with you, but also about the, the um, aspects that you've passed on to your sons? Right. For example, when my son were younger, especially the younger son, I have more time. I taught him Chinese myself since he was two years old. Good for and you. I felt that that's important for him to know Chinese, Chinese culture. Both my son, my older son, I sent him to Chinese school and um, he didn't really learn much about it. He got too bored. So the second son, I wanted to make sure he really absolutely learned. So I I started teaching him myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Any other aspects of the culture that, that you practice every day? Um, I, I really think that um, I'm really proud of my heritage. We have 2,000 years history. And um, I grew up in an environment that we, I was told by my parents to be kind, to be strong, to be independent. And I want my children to continue that legacy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And would you tell our audience a little bit about how your book came to be, came to be published? Because originally you were afraid to share your story, right? Correct. Yes. That's, I have very deep gratefulness to my publisher, Holly. And um, we were friends at the beginning. And after she, uh, she told, she heard about my story, she said, you have to write about it. And she kept encouraging me for more than 10 years. Until, 10 years. Yes. And, it took uh, you 10 years to write the book or you'd already correct. written it? It took me ten, more than 10 years to start writing the book, finally decide to write about it. At the beginning, I didn't feel that my story is worth a write about. And um, I don't want to, uh, yeah, there's a lot of privacy issues there too. And um, mainly mm-hmm. I didn't feel that is so important to write about it until Holly really encouraged me. And um, after she had, after I knew her for five, six years, she opened up his, her own publishing company. And then she just yelled at me. She said, there's no reason for you not to write anymore because you know, (laughs) I'm going to publish it for you. (laughs) Oh, fabulous to have a friend like that. (laughs) 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Fabulous. You you talk somewhat about your, about forgiveness um, in your book. How did you learn to forgive those people who wronged you? And would you talk about forgiveness and how it's transformed your life? Correct. Up until I was, until my uh, 30 years old, um, I encountered a lot of obstacles. People who has mistreated me, even my own grandmother, she has her own idea about what my life should be in the U.S. And I had totally different goal and purpose for my own self. And um, people like her and all that, it really has um, put me into a very um, depression state. Mm. And that creates anger, shame, and hopelessness, basically. And um, the... To a point, I actually don't think that my life is worth it anymore. And I um, went through a um, failed suicide attempt. And after Mm. that, I was sent to a um, Christian community. And um, in a conference that day, the pastor talked about forgiveness. and. that lesson that one day really transformed me because Mm. only by forgiveness, we can live a better life. Mm -hmm. So that really changed everything for you. Right. (laughs) And has it been a challenge for you to juggle your career with your family? Um, I was... You mean the family of? Um, well, your oh, kids or your husband oh, or yes. whatever. Yeah, it gets well, complicated. Right. Yes, um, especially when you were an engineer and then became a writer where you need that full focus. Correct. My current husband, he's really supportive. He just really understanding and supportive. Of course, he said that as long as I don't write about him, then I'm okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good. That's a good <laughs> right. point. Yeah, I could not have done it without his support. Mm. Uh, wholeheartedly support. Yeah. Were, were you mm-hmm. ever a single mother during that period? I was a single mother for my first marriage for eight years. Oh, and mm-hmm. um, it, that was uh, that was a really challenging time, but that is also a very exciting time. I get, I was given major responsibilities at work and we were producing amazing product like text message. I was leading the project to develop the first text message in the whole entire world. Really? And it was a really hmm. exciting time. It was very intense and very hardworking time. And then at the same time, I am... I was a single mother for my older son, 
And that was a really challenging time in terms of I must give up a lot of opportunities to be promoted to, um, to sort of balance work and being a mother at that time. Yeah, understandable. Yeah, right. very much. But you've come out of it quite well. I was lucky that uh, I married to the second time and uh, my current husband is really supportive and I didn't, I, I didn't really have to work that much. And we moved to California and things change and I was, my focus was on my family and then I don't, I didn't have to struggle that much. Yes. Yeah. What would you say to people who've recently immigrated to another country and uh, and they find themselves in a situation sim- similar to yours where they perhaps won't speak don't speak the language or they have no way to find employment what would you say to them like um i have found that most of people in this country are very open minded and um even though I didn't speak much uh, English, and um, I was, I felt that I was supported most of the time. And um, in my book, I talked about my first job, my first boss. Uh, he encouraged me to discuss my ideas in the meeting, and um, he asked me why I was so quiet in the meeting. And I told him I was a little bit self-conscious about my language skills. And um, his response was so encouraging. He said, well, yes, your accent and your, your, it tells me you have, you live a richer life than me. And um, you, you bought a broader perspective to to the meeting and oftentimes he said I found your idea a billion and you should t- um, talk about it and you know discuss it it, it just really support I just feel very encouraging and um, find a support person or, or support system correct and what a wonderful uh, what a wonderful person to have as your boss or your yeah or your coworker. Yeah. Right. Yes. I was really lucky. Yeah. Eileen, what would you like our audience to have as their main takeaway today? Well, the main takeaway today is that um I I feel that all of us has a lot of uh histories and uh burdens in our heart because life is not easy. And, um, but I feel that if we uh, work hard and have faith and um, learn to forgive ourselves, a lot of times we are too hard on ourselves too. Learn to forgive ourselves and forgive the people who've done wrong to us. And our heart would be touched and set free, just like the magical butterflies. Ah, oh, that's, 
That's beautiful. Love that. I love Thank that you. too. Thank you so much. Our guest today on Late Boomers has been Eileen Li-Ying Lundquist, author of Wings of Silk. You can purchase her book at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and independent bookstores. And you can reach Eileen on her website at wingsofsilk.com. Thank you so much for being with us today, Eileen. Thank you. My pleasure. And we want to remind our listeners to follow us on Instagram at I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins and at Late Boomers. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Late Boomers Podcast, and on your favorite podcast platform. We try to bring you something interesting each week to uplift, inspire, and entertain you. And we thank you so much for being with us today, Eileen. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to ewnpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact.